This is Women With Books, a collection of conversations about your favorite books, media, and all of the fabulous things in life. Curated by me, author Lindsay Emery. I'm so glad you're a part of today's chat. Hello, everyone. This episode's guest is my friend, the lovely and talented author, Alexis Ann. What we talk about at the beginning of this episode is 100% true. She and I have these types of discussions all the time. We pick apart trends and pop culture. And one day after Avengers Endgame was released, she said something that made me stop right then and extend an invite to record this podcast. She said, quote, this movie is going to impact the future of storytelling. I mean, wow, the future of storytelling. That's huge, right? And once you start to think about it, you realize she's right in so many ways. Not only has an entire generation of future authors and screenwriters grown up with Marvel Universe dominating entertainment, but those of us who, shall we say, preceded the MCU are creating our our stories in this new world, one where an audience willingly goes along with a vast, multi-chapter, multi-pronged story, this future audience is going to crave more of what they love in the MCU. Big, colorful, funny, action-packed, attractive (laughs) stories. Not all authors will be privileged enough to enjoy billions of Disney dollars to fully complete their story, but I think maybe authors should get bolder, dream bigger, and write universally, literally and figuratively. So I hope you enjoy this very candid and authentic conversation between two storytelling friends. And if you ever doubt that it is candid, I'll refer you to the last bit of this interview where Alexis tries to steer me into a completely different conversation. And you'll probably recognize it because that's exactly what friends do. Let me know if you want to hear more of the topic that she suggests we talk about next. And one small thing, I apologize for the audio in this episode. I had house guests while we were recording, and my usual quiet, insulated nook of the house was not available. Instead, you will hear an ice maker, traffic, someone's phone, I'm not sure whose it was, <laughs> could have been mine, could have been Alexis's, could have been... I don't know, stranger off the street. You will hear um, weird thumps uh, from what I can only deduce is the squirrels on the roof. They There's a tree over that part of the house where the squirrels love to jump off onto the house. So I was hearing the thumps while I was editing it and had no way of de-thumping the audio. <laughs> Remember, Candid and authentic are the key words here, but I think you're really going to enjoy it, even with all the thumps. Hey, 
welcome alexis thanks for having me i am so excited to talk to you today because you and i have had these conversations (laughs) offline for so long (laughs) and i think every time we do i'm like we should really put this on the podcast Um, so we should just start scheduling a weekly chat about (gasps) the things that we do yes (laughs) just alexis Lindsay mastermind (laughs) brain dump of all the things we've thought about the tv shows we watched this week (laughs) yes because we i'm well what's sticking in my head was one morning last year before rwa in denver um a bunch of us rented a house beforehand like a little mini writing retreat and i don't know what time of day it was but i remember like you and i got into like a deep conversation about thor ragnarok (laughs) (laughs) as we do as we do and it wasn't just like oh thor so dreamy um no we were like picking apart like yes and then they had this character and this arc and all this stuff and um so honestly this is something that we have done before but we like um, to geek out we like to geek out and then when avengers endgame was releasing um we were kind of poking around at our thoughts and discussions about it and i thought it would be really interesting to have a conversation as two female writers Uh talking about why we like these superhero movies and why we get inspired by them okay and maybe how we would change them (laughs) you can just picture me rubbing my hands together (laughs) i know because i think we've kind of talked about all of those things so were you always a marvel fan how did you get started and have you seen all 20 movies or is it 20 something like that it's something like that i would have to double check the list to be 100 percent sure but i'm fairly certain i've seen every single one because my children are major marvel fans and i don't mean the like, they like to go to the movies and watch the Marvel movies. I mean, like, they have deep knowledge of the characters and the comics and the different universes they've inhabited. I have this very um, precious memory when the first Guardians of the Galaxy trailer dropped. I just clicked on it. I had no idea who they were. And this screaming that took place around me as my two children were like, they're making this movie. Rocket Raccoon will be real. And I was like, I don't know who this is, but... It sounds very exciting. So that's where a lot of my MCU knowledge comes from. I traditionally, I guess, am more of a DC person because Wonder Woman was really my mm-hmm. beginning of the superhero realm for me. It was Wonder Woman, Supergirl, She-Ra, all of those things. Do you have a favorite Marvel character or movie <sighs> in all of this? I don't. Uh, I Well, I said after we saw Captain Marvel that that one was the the first one I wanted to go back and see right away. Mm-hmm. Um, shockingly, it was the one with a female lead. Right. <laughs> and craziness and all that. But it was one of the ones with, with a really good storyline that I love. But Black Panther also has an incredible story and, and great characters in it. So I've definitely watched that one a couple of times, too. So those are definitely my favorites. Yeah, I agree with you on both of those. Black Panther is one of those. Um, I might get emotional here just thinking about Go it. Go for it. But Black Panther is, I remember sitting there when the credits rolled, and I will talk about this. All the Stars by Kendrick Lamar was playing. Yes. And I'm just sitting there, like, letting it all sink in and going, 
I have just seen a masterpiece. Yep. Like this changes art. This changes cinema. This has changed and and I, I just like and it made me so excited to go out and start creating again. And actually I now put that song in all of my playlists, my mm-hmm. writing playlists, to remind myself of that feeling. Like yes. when you get really excited about creating, when you get really excited about something new that's just opened up, what does that feel like? Yes. Um, so that-, that to me was really huge. But also I thought Thor Ragnarok yes. was also a game changer in several ways i'm not really it wasn't as like culturally impactful i don't think but i think maybe it was in like lesser it had its cultural impacts but the bigger impact i think was the fact that it was it was both a story there was an actual story there it wasn't just blowing everything up and there was a big bad guy and a big good guy there was a story there um but it was funny and mm-hmm. I think that's the, the big thing with, with all these movies we just mentioned is for a long time, the movie makers, kind of like the publishing industry, kind of said, you can have this or you can have this. You cannot have both. Mm-hmm. And the MCU got so big and so successful that I think they were finally able to start pushing things together. And so they did things like you can have a superhero movie that's funny and full of action. You can have a superhero movie that has a really deep meaning to it. And so we started getting more of these movies and people were like, yes. And so they've made more. The other one that was really big for me was the last Wolverine movie. Oh, okay. Um, I can't remember yeah. which one, what it was called off the top of my head, but it was, it was the one where Wolverine and Patrick Stewart are on their long Western car ride into the sunset. And it was, it was a very dark movie, but it was very much an emotional journey movie. And so it was it was a departure from the big action blockbusters also. Mm. Wasn't it just called like his name, Logan? It might have been. I'm going to look it up on my phone okay. real quick. <laughs> Honestly, I I loved X-Men when it first started and then at some point it took a turn and I just was over it. I don't know when it maybe it was when they went back in time or something. I was just like, ah, it's too complicated now. They got um, very um campy. You know, they were silly and they were, the costumes were ridiculous and then they were very serious, but there was no story to it almost. I think, I think that's kind of what it is. I think it's a seriousness because you know what made me want to start getting back into X-Men was Deadpool. Oh gosh, yes. Because again, hilarious. Yeah. And that last Deadpool movie, I was like, when he's interacting with x-men universe i'm like oh that's what it could be yes that's what i want i want that like that humor and that tension and um and it's so adult like it's not made for everyone it's made for very specific audience right and i love that (laughs) yeah and when i okay well here i wasn't expecting to get into deadpool but i will say the deadpool (laughs) versus Thor Ragnarok and I think this is what you and I were talking about in Denver last year like the one I thought Thor Ragnarok was a perfect movie in so many respects great it's exactly what you said there was actually a story there was interrelationships there was friendships there was family there was drama there you know and I I like I did like the way they did um the female villain a lot Mm -hmm. she was just a villain it wasn't that she was a hella yeah uh Hedda something we should really look these up before we talk. 
Um, but I, I love, it wasn't like, oh, she's a villain because she's a woman or she's a bitch or whatever. She's just, she's a villain. She's right. Who happens to be a woman? And she, um, she wasn't as good a villain as Killmonger. That was a really good one though. I told, I've talked to my kids so many times. I'm like, that was a really good villain because, um, because you can really understand he has a full story. He's a fully developed villain. Yeah. Which is what superhero movies don't usually do. They like to go with the the flat villain, which is he's bad. Right. He just wants to destroy the world. Well, that's bad. Um, <laughs> and actually, I would say maybe in Black Panther, villain is not even the right word. He's an antagonist. Yes. Because you flip that story around and he's the hero of his own movie. Correct. Right. Okay. So anyway, back to Deadpool versus Thor. Yes. What Thor... Ragnarok really was really missing for me was I really want the romance. I really still want the emotional connection. And there was almost got there in Thor Ragnarok. Not that I thought there was a, should be a romance between Valkyrie or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that the emotions that Thor has with his brothers and his friends and his people almost get to that emotional place that I want. But Deadpool really does take it there because They go he, there, too. Yeah. He has a wife. He adores. You feel the drama when he doesn't have her anymore. And, um, yeah, so when you compare those two, I would say that Deadpool is actually probably a more satisfying movie for a lot of female audiences. Oh, than for sure. For Ragnarok. me. Yeah. Really? You agree with me on that? Oh, absolutely. Because we haven't actually talked about Deadpool a lot. So... Just to talk about Deadpool again real quick, you know, in the second one, you get to the end and you're like, no, they didn't end it this way. And then they don't end it that way, which is one of my favorite things about Deadpool 2. Mm-hmm. After I saw the first Deadpool, like so many people I know loved it and were going back to see it two, yes. three times. And I was like, nah, I don't need to. I enjoyed it, but I don't need to. And Deadpool 2, I would rewatch over and over and over again. And again, I think it's because of they really just clicked, checked all my boxes. Yes. Um, There's a lot of human connection mm -hmm. in, in the movies, which is very deeply satisfying. My oldest has a deep love of antiheroes. Like, oh. we're a little worried about him sometimes. He, yeah. loves, he loves villains and he loves antiheroes. And he fell in love with this video of this guy who dresses up at Deadpool and goes to all the Comic-Cons and does the most ridiculous stuff. And he was just like, this is the best thing ever. I want to be Deadpool when I grow up. And for a while, people would look at us like, yeah, you guys are doing this wrong. You are bad parents. <laughs> and we're like, no, 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 no. He just, he likes the antihero and he loves being goofy. And so he was so grateful they came out with Once Upon a Deadpool because he could actually see parts of it. I don't think that 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 would be bad parenting because I think you could probably make quite a bit of money dressing up like Deadpool and going and doing some stuff. I mean, sanctioned. Sanctioned, of course. Of course. Yeah, I could see... uh, And and you really get good money by getting into, like, uh, Twitter beefs with Ryan Reynolds. Exactly. so. (laughs) So why... We're kind of touching on it. But okay. every time a new Avengers movie comes out, because you and I are female writers, uh-huh. and we're online with a bunch of other women writers, female writers, yep. and it's got a huge fandom yep. amongst romance authors. 
And I have to think it's more than cute guys in tight suits. Definitely. Right? Although that's that's a big part of it. Let's be honest. So why do you think we all want to dive into this world? And I have my theories, but I'll let you go first. Oh, well. <laughs> Basically, you're going to let me paint myself into a corner. No, 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 I think we're going to agree is what's going to happen. Well, I think there's, on the one hand, everybody wants to be special and superheroes are special and everyone wants to have magical powers and superheroes have magical powers. And I think a lot of us um, writers around the age of 40 grew up on Wonder Woman and Supergirl and it's not our fault that they disappeared from TV and movies. Um, but I just always assumed that there would always be a Wonder Woman and a Supergirl on the big screen and on the TV shows. And so, I don't know, there, there's a lot of emotional connection in a lot of these. They're saving the world. Um, you're digging into humanity as the underlying thing in a lot of these storylines. And I think we all love that. And then there's always a romance which of course we enjoy, but a lot of them are really tragic. So I'm not sure why we like them. <laughs> I was gonna say, is it really a romance or is it romantic interest? Well, it's high stakes. Mm-hmm. And I think that is what usually gets me. The, can you save this person that you love? Whether it's a romantic interest or a brother or sister or an aunt and uncle, there are these huge high stakes. It's life or death. Can you defy the odds and and preserve this thing that you love so much? And I love high stakes. And I think romance is always high, well, not always, but frequently is high stakes. So there's definitely a connection between the type of writing we do and the type of stakes that you see in a superhero movie. What you're saying is kind of a corollary to what I was going to say, which is, I think we're genre writers. And I think Correct. superhero movies are genre. They yep. are plot-based they are character driven. Are they character driven? No, they're plot plot driven. I would say plot driven, but the characters are larger than life. Mm-hmm. Instead of a billionaire, you have a superhero. Instead of you know, a or you have cute, a billionaire superhero. Oh, you have a billion. Yeah, <laughs> ideally, you would have a billionaire superhero. Yeah, are there any poor superheroes? That is a good question. I mean, Spider Man's not. Bruce Banner did live in like a slum in India, so. Mm-hmm. But They're all he, over the spectrum. Yeah, yeah, they are. But there's um, some hi- really highbrow, you know, like royalty and billionaires and stuff like that, too. Yeah, so we've got Just those like shows. genre fiction! Just <laughs> like genre fiction, exactly. And then we've got, instead of, like, meet cutes, we've got, yes. you know, um, oh, hi, you're cursed, and someone's <laughs> out to get you. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> so it's, I think it's just a lot of, it hits those same beats that we love in our fiction. Um we love adventure. We love high stakes. Like you said, high stakes and drama. Um, just the only thing that just gets me is like, I want people to start kissing more. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's why we have all our fan fiction because we do want the kissy part of things and they don't include it. They don't. So many romance authors have written fan fiction. Yes. Um, I don't know if we should out them or not, but they do out themselves occasionally, so it wouldn't be that hard to find them. Um, but with that being said, my question is, and I, again, I think this is something you and I have talked about before. If we all love these movies and if we're all going off and writing fan fiction about Cap and Peggy or Tony Pepperoni or whatever they call <laughs> <laughs> um, 
why do we not see more superhero romance in the romance genre? Oh, that's a fascinating question. I know. Answer it for me. No. That's <laughs> why there's silence I... right now. I know. I don't <laughs> know if if we want it or not. Like, it seems like that would be the next thing, right? All of yeah. us would be like, oh, I'm going to write... Um, I, I want to write like Thor and Jane getting back together after. <laughs> I, I, I don't think this is as much of a spoiler as it just is talking about Avengers Endgame. But when he's talking about like why they broke up, that was like so itchy for me. Like I'm like, oh, I want that story. I want the story of like them not working out and them being like second chance romance or something. I don't know. I, you know, it may happen. I've heard rumors that that it that it could happen. Um, like officially never... or in fan fiction world. Like officially, Ooh. but it's just a rumor. Okay. It's just an idea. Okay. I have no, I still don't, I haven't seen the plans for what's coming after they wipe the board of their plans so that they didn't give away spoilers for Endgame. I haven't seen anything new come back up with the new official plan yet. Have you? No, no. And that's kind of jarring, isn't it? Not Do knowing what's know? coming next? Yeah. <laughs> well, they did. So... This was one of the things I was going to bring up about not only what they've done with Endgame, but what they've done with um, Game of Thrones and some other things is they have done an exceptional job of the cliffhanger and the anticipation um, more so than anything else that I can think of recently. They have us all chomping at the bit, speculating about everything, worrying about everyone. Mm -hmm. Like we are fixated on these fictional universes and the things that we don't know. Yeah. And I think there was a little bit of um, comfort when all these movies were going on and then you would sit to the end of the credits and you would see a scene that was coming up next. Oh, yeah. And you'd be like, oh, okay. They're all going to, some people, these people are going to live. And, you know, we're just not sure how they're connecting all the dots yet. Oh, like the the end credit scene with Bucky in it. And everyone was like, Bucky! Bucky is in Wakanda! How? Why? Where? Yeah. Um, and if you don't know what we're talking about, that's okay. You you can catch up. Just start back <laughs> 20 years ago and just work your way through. Um, but that was always something to look forward to. And I, honestly, this is something that you and I have talked about too, I think, especially you, because you write serials so well, is there was just that little bit of glimpse mm-hmm. to get you to buy that next ticket and you're going to buy that next ticket to see what they're going to do next. And now at the end of Avengers Endgame, there is no scene. Right. The only thing we know is like stuff that's in the news because we know there's going to be a Black Panther 2 movie. We have Spider-Man. We have Spider-Man. What else do we know? Probably another Captain Marvel movie. Oh no, we probably we're pretty clear that there's going to be another Avengers uh, not Avengers, Guardians. Guardians. And I'm I thought there was another Captain Marvel, but I actually don't know. I think so. I think the space people are all going to go off in space, <laughs> which I'm excited about. I like the space people for some reason. When um, when the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer dropped this week, my son sat there and just started screaming, we get the multiverse! Finally! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I guess what I was trying to get at was that we don't know what's happening next in Avengers, and is that hurting them or helping them at this point because it, up to this they were using traditional serial methods to get us to come to the next thing and now we don't know so is this drop off going to I'm like are a bunch of people just going to say well we're done 
we're done. The Avengers Endgame happened, and we don't need to keep coming back for more. Or are we going to be more hungry for the next round? I think people like you and me will be, and our kids, will will be totally game for the next round um, because we're fairly decent human beings. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Marvel is doing what they need to do from what I hear and that they are finally going to step away from their male, white male centric storylines for every single thing that they do. And that is going to lose them some viewers, period, end of story. Mm. Um, I think it had a huge impact though to say this is the end of this phase of storytelling and to let it actually be the end and to let it breathe. Mm-hmm. And so when they come back in the next few weeks, whenever it is, and they fully announce the next slate, everyone will will have separated themselves mm-hmm. from the trauma that was Endgame and Infinity War and everything that came before it and, and can then look forward to the whole new phase of what's to come. Yeah. Do you think that... Um... I don't know. It's kind of. It's almost like in this day and age, with so much streaming, so much TV, so much everything, that the breathing is what makes it novel. Like ending <laughs> it is the new thing. Ending it is the new streaming. <laughs> uh, well, it can be very powerful to say yeah. this was the story, and and that's it. You you guys can have your campaign. You know, because you know a series will end and then everyone will campaign for it and then it'll come back on Netflix or something for a season. Um, but this is it. This is the end of this phase, and we're going to go in a different direction from here. Um, and I think that that's in it in and of itself is its own form of marketing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just really interesting to watch because when when do people do that? You know, like we want things to go on forever. We want things to continue feeding our madness and that you have grown-ups in the room they're like no you're done also i think it was also robert downey jr who's saying he's done (laughs) (laughs) i think a few of them were like seriously i've been this character for 10 years i'm ready to move on yeah um yeah but we're saying all this about oh it's ending is the new streaming but then one of the things that we know for sure is going into production or they say is going to production is the new loki Series and streaming, yeah, that will be on the Disney streaming app or whatever it's going to be mm-hmm. streaming service. Um, are you excited about a Loki series? I'm are you a Loki mm-hmm. fan? I'm not really sure. I don't think you are as much. I'm neither here nor there. Like, okay. I enjoy him in the movies, uh, I enjoy Tom Hiddleston. Uh, but I'm not like, ooh, a Loki series. I actually have been listening to my kids talk about it with their friends because they're not sure what they think of Disney Plus and this branch of streaming that's coming, which I thought was fascinating to hear mm-hmm. them talking about it because it really is aimed more at them than it is at me. Right. Yeah, my kids are like, it's an, we're going to do this, right, Mom? We're going to... But they're a little bit older than yours, and I'm like, y'all still want, like, Dumbo and <laughs> this stuff streaming? I don't... But they, they can't imagine a world that they don't have access to. Oh, yeah whatever they want whenever they want it every time we're in a hotel room and we turn on the tv and they're like can we just turn on this or what is this thing happening right now and i'm like that's called a commercial (laughs) (laughs) right um yeah i'm not sure if i i've always said like oh i love loki i love loki so much but i'm not really sure if it's i love loki or i love loki and thor Mm. chemistry 
there is a certain magic to their yin and yang. Yeah. And the, so. Yeah. But if they give me that and it's a woman and there's some kissing, I will be <laughs> all on board. We, we need some Marvel romances. Come on, guys. <sighs> do, we, do we just need to write our own? Is that what we need to do? We can try. Can it work? That's the thing. I keep thinking, like, does it work in a book form? I know there are some... don't have all the visuals. Yeah, I know there's some out there, but they've never interested me. And, you know, I'm sitting here wondering why that is. Yeah. And I don't think it has anything to do with the fact that there may be more female characters or maybe that centers on a female character, because that isn't the point. I think it might have to do with more of what is the story about? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the time when it comes to superhero things, that's what's presented first is this person has these powers. This person is in danger. And my first question is, but what's the story about? And when it comes to books in particular, that's what I want to know. And I don't think I've ever looked at one of these superhero books and known what the story is about. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, there's got to be a reason why it hasn't been done. But we'll, we'll be thinking more about this and we'll figure it out. So I feel like there's a lot of, of shifts taking place right now. Like there's a lot of storytelling that's been taking place for a while. And people are looking in new directions for new things. So maybe this is one of those, those things that just needs the right person to tell the right story to kick off a whole new, you know, the twilight of superhero movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I also have felt this way, too, about all the Star Wars shipping. <laughs> Sorry. And no, you can laugh, but you know, you no, no, know no. I'm right. Like, there's no, so I'm many people because that... I have such strong feelings about Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> but there are so many people with strong feelings about Star Wars and the relationships that need to happen there or don't need to happen or blah blah blah. Um, and so for the past few years, I've been saying, okay, who's who's going to take this on? Is there going to be a new sci-fi romance, you know, person that's going to take what? we are craving from that movie and turn it into hmm. books for us and God, yes that's <laughs> not it had there hasn't been like a a twilight yet where that's come yeah. about well i so, think most of the time it's either sci-fi or it's romance and right. it might be a sci-fi romance but it's really a romance that just happens to take place in space or the future or whatever and, and a sci-fi is a sci-fi that may or may not have some romantic interest in it there's none of that like it really gets to the intersection of those two where it is a sci-fi that you're really like yes the science is awesome the future is awesome and it's a romance really you're like yes high stakes get these two together please but don't okay and this is where star wars people will come at me okay but i don't think that star wars is really sci-fi in, in some respects because Dude, you could take that aliens. story but you could take that story and put it in like a game of thrones world mm-hmm. it's not like the 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 science is impacting these are epic stories that just happen to be put in a galaxy far, far away. are a totally real measurement. I don't know what you're talking about. I will agree with you on that. <laughs> I have no problem accepting the parsec as a unit of measurement. No, I do get what you're saying. It is very much a fantasy that happens to take place in space. Um, and it's especially A New Hope is a very traditional hero's journey arc, period, yes. end of story. And that is universal. That You can put that in any genre and do a hero's journey. Um, and you can put the, the, the beautiful settings in Star Wars and totally put that in a fantasy setting right. in a heartbeat. So I mean, I, a lightsaber is like a magic sword. It is. 
I'm sorry. There's star. If there's if there's Star Wars people out there, they're losing their minds right now hearing me say this. But no, I, you're not wrong. You're I, not wrong at all. Thank you. Thank you. And it also means I'll never get to write in the Star Wars universe either. So that's fine. <laughs> we have a lot of thoughts, and it's clear we have to go do some homework and go do <laughs> some more thinking and some more watching. We can do a part two. We can do a part two because I think we're going to have some huge brain explosions when we realize what we were talking about. Here's what I will do to, to wrap this up. What Marvel character or story or movie would you write your fan fiction in? Oh, uh, I would, I might actually say Captain America, not because I'm a big Cap fan, because I'm not, but I'm a huge Peggy fan. Mm. And I might really like to write in Peggy's world. Put Peggy in the center of the story. Well, yeah, I was a huge Agent Carter series fan, even though there were, th- there were things about the series I would have changed. I just loved that they went there and did that. Um, but other than that, I really like the Guardians, too. That's a fun world to work in. Mm. You have so many options with them. You have, like, the whole universe, basically, to work with there. Yeah. I would love to have Groot in a story. Yes. Because... <laughs> easy <laughs> i am grouped I, I just would have some i mean i think it's the same thing they have fun with uh, in the movie is that he says it and then like the interpretation is completely around him uh-huh. like people going whoa what do you say that for or <laughs> dude you don't say that in front of people yeah. yes and and so it'd be fun to like play with the negative space around Groot and like the time you know maybe do something funny like the time Groot messes up a wedding or the time <laughs> Groot you know <laughs> yes please <laughs> the time Groot makes a million dollars and you could like have him be put in all these situations where you're like wait he's just a tree <laughs> it's the absurdity <laughs> of it that makes you laugh and the, the raccoon is the raccoon is translating the tree and it's just absurd yes but it's great um yeah i think i would probably go back to um i'm just i really adore the thor um going back to Maybe where they pick up with Thor's story at the beginning of Avengers, I would like be playing around with with some emotional stuff there. Oh, he's and, got so much to work with there. Yeah. I think that would be really fun to really dig your teeth into and have some good... The things they did with him in Endgame, I love so I much. Too. I saw people criticizing it on Twitter, and I get what they're saying about... I don't know, maybe the fat shaming or something, but, um, but I just, I, I can't let it distract me from, I think the, that they went there. They went, they took this God character and they let him feel things. They yes. let him feel depressed. They let him feel, um, despondent and that he wasn't good enough and he wasn't worthy and he misses his mother. Oh, he misses his mother. It was good stuff. There's a lot of emotional. He's so funny and light, but there's so much depth there to work with. So yeah, I fully no. support your fan fiction there. Okay, all right, we got our work cut out for us. <laughs> Thank you for coming on again. And, Anytime, and indulging me with these silly conversations. They're my favorite. We can talk about Chief Hopper one day, maybe. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think I'll probably like edit the episode right there. <laughs> like that'll be my my Your uh, cliffhanger. My cliffhanger. People will be like, "What? What are they going to say about Chief Hopper?" <laughs> Thank you for joining me today. If you love this conversation, please leave a review or consider supporting the podcast at the link in the show notes. For a list of books discussed in this episode and other fabulous content, sign up for my newsletter at womenwithbooks.com. And remember, keep reading. Keep reading.